Hey, welcome to the Father Seekers Podcast. My name is Pastor Keith, and uh, joining me is Pastor Barry Edgman, creator of Father Seekers. How are you, Pastor Barry? I'm great, man. Really good. Awesome. All right, all right. Uh, what what's in the what's in the news this week? Um, well, I think fall has fallen, and kids are back in school. I, my kids start school tomorrow, tomorrow morning. It's currently a Wednesday, so that would be uh, Thursday before Labor Day. Um, yeah. The season turned. You know what? Uh, it's it's hard to believe that actually we're at Labor Day. Yeah. Like literally, like this weekend. Yep. I, I heard that on the radio this morning. The uh, the uh, as I was dropping my kids off at at uh, daycare, they the radio DJ said, and and no one can forget that this is a three day weekend. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I totally hello, forgot. Like hello. I, it had completely slipped my mind that Monday is traditionally every everyone that can yeah. has the day off. Yeah. So that was a cool uh r- reminder this morning. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like this time of year because things are are starting to cool down. Mm-hmm. And windy, a little bit more windy here where we live. But it's a nice thing until about November and then it it's like no nah, y'all can go back with that. Y'all can take that back home. Yeah. Uh September for me is uh weather-wise uh I think it's too hot because it like it's beautiful morning, a beautiful evening, mm-hmm. the nice breeze you're talking about. But between mm-hmm. the hours of one p.m. and four p.m., mm-hmm. it's like scorching it's hot. A little again. warm. Yeah, it's a little warm. <laughs> it's so you can, you're never dressed appropriately for this. I I, I come to yeah. I come to the church here wearing a jacket because yeah. we just it's traditionally pretty cold in the church all week uh, all week long yeah. because of how the HVAC works. Yeah. But then I'll go outside and it's like, oh my gosh, it is here we so go. hot outside. Yeah. So we are in uh, a four part series right now. Uh, it is called Above All Else. And what is the topic for discussion today? Today is Above All Else Seek. Everybody seeks. You know, we're all seeking something. Several years ago in the church, there was this 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 thing to try to identify the, the period and the season the church was in was this seeker-sensitive thing. And it, you know, I, I'm not sure if if anybody ever really understood what that meant or if they tried tried to actually you know define a, a season in in the in church history but but the the big picture is with that is that we're all seekers we're seeking something we're always looking and searching and pursuing and when you narrow the field down when you narrow the field down to to guys they they are they are designed by nature to seek and to search out the hunters of the oh yeah 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 hunter hunter gatherer like uh, I, do, I do know a lot of people that are very complacent and don't do anything you know so is there is there a pendulum swing that we are either looking for a perpetual uh question to be answered a fortune to be found um uh an accolade to be achieved or we are just lazy well, I think I think if you're not searching for something, you are a lost ball in the weeds, and you will never find your way out. But do, would you agree that that uh, there the world is? I, I don't want to say full of them, but the world is full of people like that 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 don't seek and pursue things. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 The church is full of them too. So you're, yeah. we're, there's like this line in the sand that either you, you, you are, you're not either you're yeah. their seeker or you, you're not. Yeah. So here, here's the interesting piece about that. You know, um, I read a, I read a, a leadership thing the other day and it said that 3% of the population are leaders. The rest are followers. Yeah. So if, if you're, but, but even, even the guy who, who, loves his career, who works. He is a machinist, which is an amazing job because it's a skilled art. It's actually a skilled art. And one of the things uh, about that is that even those, even skilled artisans, they have to continue to pursue and to hone their skill and to make things, you know, they're always looking to become better. I, at least they should be. Well, they should be. Yeah. But like you say, there's some guys who just get relaxed and comfortable and, and have 35 years experience at the same place, but it was the first year over 35 times. 
So if you're not like if you're not better today than you were yesterday, then you're that lost ball in the yeah. weeds. You're that guy there. You're you're the guy that or the gal that's been satisfied. But I think God created us to seek. In fact, Scripture's full of of directing us to seek, to pursue, to look for, to look forward, to to go into the new land, to to pursue uh the children of Israel, they they had an eleven day trip. It took them forty years. They missed the bull. They missed the point. <laughs> they missed the point. So we can I be. I swear we took a wrong we can be, somewhere along. <laughs> we can be those guys. I mean, you can only walk. I, I I talked to a guy the other day about this, and he said, you know, they had to move every two or three days mm-hmm. because of of just the waste that uh, several million people leave behind. Like they had to move. Mm-hmm. But how many times can you move in, like, you had to circle out and circle out and circle out in the wilderness, like, 11 days, bro, to make the trip, and you you were there 40 years. So, so God tells us to seek and to pursue and to go, but there's an obedience factor with it yeah to be successful to your point about are people just lazy i think i think there's a small handful of people who are lazy but i think in 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 my world and the people i talk to and deal with there are people who literally they don't they don't know how to make the next move or they don't know what the next step is to get to the next move so lazy small percentage a, a larger percentage complacent uh um, a lot of complacent people, but then I think there's just a group of people, and I used to be one of those people, a group of people that um, we, we, I used to be, we just didn't know what the next move was. And then you walk through a process of getting better and getting getting healed, and you have to recognize that you need the help. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have to recognize that. And sometimes people don't, they're not at that point to recognize it and they need a nudger. They need a pusher. And I think, I think there's a large group of people who need that, but they tend to hide out. They tend to cave dwell. They tend to pursue things that are, are, are distracting, but not satisfying. Okay. They, for example, here's the example. The example is, I've got friends, grown men, grown dudes. They spend most of their days playing video games. Yeah. yeah. Now, unless you're a professional video game player and you're making the big money doing that, mm-hmm. bro, you're on a, you are on a, a, a short, or you're on a long walk off, to, off a short dock. Because there's nothing to be found there. And God God designed us to be seekers. He designed us to pursue things. He designed us to search. And there's treasures there for us to find. And you know what, Keith? Most of the treasures are inside us. Hmm. Just, just to pitch that little ball out there to play with for a minute. So, um, guys are seekers. Like, let's define what there's, what, what most, no, let's define, do, are are we, are we seeking the same thing? Are all men seeking the same thing? Generally, yes. Okay. Well, specifically, no. What is it then? What, what is it that we, that we are, what is it that we seek? We seek, for me, the top three, Mm -hmm. the guys that I talk to. Seek worth, identity, and some sort of value in what they do or how they live. Yeah, I think that that's a a wide gamut, like a a descriptive but not super descriptive gamut of what. Do women seek the same thing? Oh, no. No, they, I think we as humans, we all want, we all want to know who we are, what we do how we do it and why we do it. Like what are the things in our life that brings in general for all humans, if we're going to broaden the, the gap there. 
for in general, for all of us, we, we want to know that what we're doing is worth something. We want to know what we're doing. I think for most of us anyway, uh, we want to know that what we do and what we invest our lives in is going to benefit our, us and other people. We want to know that we bring value to people. We want to be, we want to have the ability to be successful and to build, to build our families, our, our little, our little kingdom, if you will, our, our home, our, our extended family into the next few generations. But then there's this, there's this other value piece of is what I'm doing. Does it bring me satisfaction? Is, does what I do bring me to the point that I'm completely satisfied and I'm motivated to keep moving forward? Like, for example, I talk to guys often and they tell me that that the work that they do, they get to do what they dream about doing and they get paid for it. So for them, one guy actually said, "He's this is not work for me. This is a vacation because I get to go do what I love to do. And I get paid for it and I love it. And, and for him, that guy, there is a peace and a joy about him that I don't see in a lot of men. There's a peace and a joy that comes with that, that doing something that fulfills you and makes you whole as a man brings value to you. It, it, it identifies and, and gives worth to a man. If a man doesn't believe he's worth something, he will cave dwell as much as he can for the rest of his life. And if he doesn't know who he is and why he's doing what he's doing, he will then fall into a trap and seek other things to satisfy his soul. And we see that every day. Every day. Okay, so the, so the three things that men seek. Fast, what are they? They seek identity, they seek worth, and they seek value in what they do. Are those three things healthy things to be searching for? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Is there anything, no doubt. Is there anything that we are searching for that we, uh, or is there anything that we're not searching for that we should be? Well, again, we're we're talking about is the guy seeking what he should be seeking after, or is he not? If we're not pursuing our, our our original design, if we're not pursuing the things that we're designed to do and be, then we're going to get dissatisfied, and dissatisfaction always brings distraction. So if I'm dissatisfied in what I'm doing, I'm going to find something to bring me joy and to distract me from, from my uncomfortableness and my weariness and being being not fulfilled there's there god did here's here's the one of the fallacies about about men is that many people believe that um it's wrong to feel fulfilled that's that's a total lie from the devil himself god designed us to be fulfilled in what we do he designed us to to do like for example uh, there's nobody that can do what you do, what you do, what what Pastor Keith, what he does on Thursday nights or at the video at the videos editing suite. There's nobody. So for you to go out and learn how to be a machinist would bring complete and total misery to you. The problem is that some men have not had the opportunity presented to them to be able to do what they like and love. And some of them, because they've been so squelched and pushed down for years, have never pursued or sought after what they really want to do. They've never dreamed outside the box for a minute. They've never sat with another man and said, bro, when I was a kid, I had a guy tell me this the other day. I said, you wanted to do what? He said, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to own stables and be an equestrian. I wanted to help people learn how to ride horses. What are you doing today? I work in a plant. Hmm. Nothing wrong with working in a plant. Some of my best friends in the world here in Green Bay are plant managers and they are fulfilled and they are doing well. And they're in leadership in the company. They are they are excelling. They are doing their deal. But if if you 
if you are not, if you're not doing the thing that fulfills you, you're going to seek the wrong things. And men traditionally, and most, most amplified because we're leaders in the home and the family. When we're seeking the wrong things, those things are amplified. I watch, I talk to pastors every week who get distracted and they're, their distractions become, uh, they become impediments to their ministry. For a guy in the real world, like day to day, you can cover up that stuff and hide it, and you can find other things to soothe that desire with. But but if if we're not pursuing and seeking after what God designed us to be, we are going to be miserable people as men and will make everybody around us miserable. And to also say that like people, people I know, um, my, even myself included, there are, there are seasons of being miserable. Even when you're professionally doing, I would say what you're, what you're, uh, best apt for and called for. So it's not like a, I, I wouldn't say that that would define you as, uh, uh, obtaining unlimited peace. You know, there's still, there's still things of fulfillment in that I, that I search for, uh, that are not included in a professional setting. Okay. Good point. But here's, here's, here's the, the caveat to that. If what I do, because what men do brings value to their lives and what men do, like when I ask a pastor, and again, I talk to pastors all week. When I ask a pastor, hey man, tell me, tell me about you. Bob, tell me about you. Well, I pastor a church of X and we do this. And 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 I let them do their thing. And then I say, Bob, I didn't ask you what you do. I ask you who you are. Now, for some of us, we can't separate what we do from who we are. And for some of us, what we do is who we are because we love it. Yeah, and and yeah, I, I love what I do too. Um, but the but the caveat but the caveat is is that that we can do all that. And some of the most successful guys I know a guy right now. I could pull his phone. I call him on the phone right now. He makes two hundred thousand dollars a month in what he does right now, right now. But do you know what brings him joy? What brings him joy? is leading people, sharing how to move forward in your life, loving his family, writing books. He has found a niche that God has gifted him with. Now, if God will gift him with that, he'll gift anybody with that. Maybe not that particular that particular. Uh, assignment, but he's going to give us an assignment. I've seen some guy, Keith, I've seen some guys in this life that are some of the most simple men. And when I say simple, they're the most complicated men I've ever met, but they found out the art of simplicity and minimalistic living. And they are the happiest guys, the most spiritual guys I've ever met on the earth. But I, I know some with a lot of things and they're, they're the most... What's the difference? It's not the things and it's not the stuff. It's the peace of God that when we seek the right things, when we seek the right things, we're on a track not only to seek but to find the right things. How do how does someone that is not a seeker turn into a seeker? Well, here's here's uh, okay, you too. One of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite song with you too? Um uh, with, with or without you is that the title of the song? Yeah, yeah, I'd probably say that one. That one, yeah. Uh, mine. It's a, it's the story. It would be the story of my life, probably. If if I put I play it all the time. It's it's uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Like for the That's for the yeah. yeah for the, and if I had to pick a, a theme song for most guys, it would be that song. Like I haven't found what I'm looking for because there's a thing. There's a thing about seeking that you actually never find, but you think you find it and you get close to it because 
because when we get to the place where we think we found it, there's another tier, there's another level, there's another trajectory upward where we go, oh, here's more. But had we not moved toward this, we would not have been able to see over the top of the rise into the more. Now, now when when we when we guys look for they look for answers, they look for peace, they look for things, stuff, money, people, relationships, future, destiny, legs. They look for a lot of things. But the question is is not what are you looking for, but how do we how do we fine tune your vision to see what you need to be looking for? What are what are the things what are the things that you need to you need to really hone in on and drive down on and drill in on because what I'm saying to you is that if you can seek the right things and not be distracted with the wrong things, God will show you not only his kingdom, he will show you his way and he will lead you to it. And I will tell you at 60 plus years old, I've tried everything. And I will tell you that the only peace I've ever found is doing things God's way, seeking what he points me toward and what he directs me to. Okay. Now, here's what seek means. If you look up the word seek in the dictionary, it just means to try to locate or discover or search for, to endeavor, obtain, or reach, or to go to or go toward. So so here's a question. Here's three questions to, to, to think about. Now, and, and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing about seeking, about the word seek. Seek is an intransit, uh, intransitive verb. Now, I'm not an English major. And I'm amazing with grammar. Do you know why? When I write? Why? I'm amazing with grammar. (laughs) Because I bought Grammarly. That's why. So I run everything I write through Grammarly and it cleans it up and rewords it. I look amazing, which I'm not with grammar. What is that, like an app or something? It's an app. It's Grammarly. So, yeah. So it's it's been a lifesaver. So, but an intransitive verb is one that does not take a direct object. In other words... It is not done to someone or something. It only involves the subject. It only involves what is it I'm seeking after? Me. What am I seeking? So then I have to fine tune what am I seeking? Here's the question that we have to ask. And here's the question that, that I want to I wanna, I wanna look at. A, a couple to, to, to just stimulate the mind. What do guys seek? On Thursday night... If we did just a couple of bullet points, what are the guys from Thursday night, what are they actually seeking? If we had to pull the top two bullet points, what would those bullet points be? What are those guys seeking in general? What are they seeking? I think uh, wisdom and Mm -hmm. peace. Wisdom and peace. Now, if we took that matrix and dropped it over all the men that we know or all the men that we hope to know or all the men at least that we're connected with and we dropped that over them and said, guys, here's a way to find, here's the way to find the two greatest treasures in your life that you will ever possess from the kingdom of God. That is wisdom and peace. And I concur with that 100%. It's wisdom and peace. All men want to have wisdom and peace. And here's the beauty about wisdom and peace. Wisdom leads us to a place and peace keeps us in the position to hear the wisdom of God to move us forward. Mm -hmm. That's what wisdom and peace does. All right. Now, here's the second question. What is it that they seek most? If we pull the bullet points, what are the guys? And it's a different answer. Yeah. What do they seek most? And this probably sounds bad, but probably acknowledgement and money. Okay. So if we look at that, and I would I would say the same because there's there's always a discussion. When I talk to pastors or we talk about our Thursday night guys, there's always this discussion of I'm I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. I need to do more. What is that saying? It's talking about valuation. Mm-hmm. It's talking about worth. That's what it's talking about. Yeah. So when we talk about when we talk about knowing and we talk about 
making money because we know money's important. I'll tell you the one thing that distracts me in my life. One of the things, one of the things is money. It's a natural thing. I think for most guys, because we're thinking, okay, leave something for the family, take care of your sisters, help other people, give to the kingdom. Uh, There's people that I want to bless and help move along because somebody did the same for me. But But if we're looking at that and that becomes what we seek, we're distracted. Here's the thing about being dissatisfied, distracted. The next thing that comes is derailment. We will be derailed on a sidetrack trying to pursue money. Now, some guys are really good at money and they do really well and they money becomes everything. I'm not knocking that. What I'm saying is that in the kingdom, God gives gifts to all men. But he expects and requires and holds account to those gifts. So if God gives us those gifts, then he has a requirement for those gifts. So whatever that gift is, if we're distracted and derailed with that gift, then we're missing out on what God wants us to do. We can still be successful. We can still be a little bit happy, but we're missing, we're missing this great piece of the kingdom of God here on earth. We're missing that piece. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I know guys who who make money. They are they can go out and make money, but some of them are the most unhappy guys ever, un, unhappiest guys I've ever. Oh, met. for sure. Because because their their skill set and their ability, their gift from God's not being used in the kingdom, because they're stuck in a trap. They got distracted, derailed. I also know people that uh, their gifts and abilities are being used in the kingdom, but still the same. You know. Why is that? That's a that's a good. I think we may be talking about some of the same people, but why is that? I I don't know. I if if, if you if I had a, to do a generic answer, I think that there's still the the bondage of of self involved. There's still it's still living life for them. Okay, now we're back to valuation and identity. Do I do I need this to prove? Who I am and how valuable I am. Probably, yeah, yeah. It could be. It, it could absolutely. It could be. It could be. Yeah. But but in the kingdom, if we understand the kingdom thing right way, we don't need that because we know who we are in Christ. This is this is just nothing more than an earthly timed gift that we use here. Our gifts here. Here's the interesting thing. Our gifts here on this earth are made for this season and this time here on earth. When we get to heaven, we'll be like Christ. We're in his image here, but we will be like him there. So this these gifts that we have are for, for investment in the kingdom, to give back to God, to help and be a partner with him in building his kingdom. Here's the interesting, too, just, just a little caveat piece to throw in here, is that we, we don't build the kingdom. We serve the kingdom builder. Just throw that out. Mm-hmm. Here's the third question. And I think it's your question. What What is it that we should be seeking? Well, in Matthew chapter 6, 33, there's two words that are outstanding to me. One of them is seek and the other one's live. Now, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. I have often said that simple is easy until you lean into it and try to live it out. To live this to live this idea out, this concept of seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he will give you everything you need, is absolutely the most rewarding, amazing passage in the scripture. It is simple to read and to understand, but to live out and to act out It literally is challenging every day. Listen to this. Here's what the word seek means in that verse. It means to investigate, inquire, to search, to crave, to deliberately strive for and desire as an act of will. So when I seek the kingdom, 
I don't have much time for anything else other than to seek God's kingdom first. And and here's here's the static here's the static place that a lot of people live. Not just men, but a lot of people, but especially men, the static place between seeking God and doing what we think we should be and we know to do. There's this static place of I got to do this. I got to carry this out. I got to go do, I got to work. I got to move forward. I got to move the ball ahead. But, but when we place God's kingdom before that, there is a covering that comes with that placement of putting God first. There is this placement of putting God in position of not only first position, but final authority. That's a big, that's a big statement. Putting God in first position and final authority. I'm quoting my my mentor, Dr. Beecher Moorfield. He, he stated that the other day. Put God in first position and final authority. When I move myself from, from making authoritarian uh, uh, decisions for my life and I'm seeking God's kingdom and living out that plan in my life, then I reduce this static field of pressure. Because when I walk in the peace of God, and when I walk in the wisdom of God, there is part of that understanding that God is certainly in charge of the universe. Here's the thing. If, if, if the God who not only created billions of stars and galaxies can keep them all in place and keep them steady and doing what they're supposed to be doing, why can he not keep me in the same place that he designed me to be? So now we're talking about faith. Now we're talking about about moving from one place in our thinking to another. I mentioned seeking a while ago, but there's there's searching that has to go on too before we can seek. Is that an internal search? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and I think most Thursday nights, I've I've not seen too many people that that um, hit the target like you do. But you always turn it back to an internal search. You always turn back to who you are inside is amplified and 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 defines who you are and what people see. So when we talk about this thing, seeking the kingdom above all else, when we talk about that, we have to, we have to insert in that processing the concept of searching, what the contents of my heart are. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is Psalm 139 and Psalm 51. But Psalm 139 is search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns or my anxious thoughts. Now, now let's break this down just for a minute because this is where many of us, if I've talked to one pastor or one friend or one person I counsel or coach in the last two months, This is what surfaced every time. If I am in a constant relationship with God, where I give him full and complete access to my life and ask him to search me and know my heart, test me, and know my thoughts, know what concerns me, know what makes me anxious. And then in the next verse, 24 of 139, see, God, that there is no offensive way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Now, I'm reading a book, and I read this. I read three or four devotionals every morning, same ones for months now. One is about being filled with the Spirit. The other one is about 
uh, words, They Become You, and the third is Dangerous Prayers by Craig Rochelle, who wrote a fantastic book about the same. One of the things in, in Groeschel's book, he talks about praying dangerous prayers and the most dangerous prayer that any man could ever pray is the prayer, search me, O God. Know my heart, test me, know my concerns and my anxious thoughts, and then see if there's anything in me that offends you. Anything in me that would throw me off your course. Lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me in the way that brings me to eternal life to eventually spend eternity with you, but be effective and value, valued and, and purposeful on this earth. Now, one of my favorite groups in history, most people won't know this group. One of my favorite groups is the group Delirious out of England. What is that? Delirious? Mm-hmm. Bro, you don't know who Delirious is? I don't think so. Oh, my God. Who's Jesus? Delirious, the group. No, you said, oh, my God. I said, oh, no. No, I'm is, talking about is, Delirious, man. They're the, we're, we're the one. <laughs> Bro, stop. <laughs> did you eat chocolate before you came this morning? No. Or did you eat your Cheerios or whatever you I did eat, eat Cheerios. Cheerios, yeah. 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 Uh, you can tell a lot by man by the consistency of what he does in the day. You are one of the most consistent guys I know. Yeah. Same thing every morning, same thing at lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and dinner's like, the only rogue meal. Thing don't, yeah. Like, yeah. hmm. And then, then to go off, off the, off the rail a little bit, you probably eat tacos or something. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do. I had nachos last night. Hello. So Delirious is a group out of uh, London, out of England. And uh, Matt Redman wrote a lot of their songs. Um, but one of the songs it's on the Glow album. Um, it's called Investigate, and it's out of this verse, written from this verse. It in couple of the, and we'll put, well, I'll put the links put to the, links the songs in and, yeah. and all these songs in the, in the show notes. Yeah, but this song says, "Investigate my life," like come in and check things out. Interestingly enough, when when we look at that word, uh, when we look at that word, um, search me. It means to penetrate intimately. And then, and let's just break this down a little bit because this is where I want to take people. I want to roll people into the end here with this, with this. And the notes are, this is going to be in the notes. But search me. This is David praying to God. Search me, penetrate and examine intimately. Oh God, God, the, the, the name God here is El Shaddai, the mighty one, uh, it, he is the all-powerful, almighty one standing on the mountain who corrects and chastens. This is this is the God who dropped the ten on Moses, God Almighty. To know me, to absolutely fully understand with clarity, know who I am and see through me, see in me, see beyond me and know me. Not only just to see me, but to know my mind, my heart, my will, emotions, my intellect, to know there is nothing unknown in me that God doesn't see. And then to to fully understand with absolute clarity. And and here's what my concerns actually mean. It actually means anxious thoughts, but more more particular in Hebrew, it means disquieting thoughts. What is it? What is it in me? that disquiets me because for me to walk in peace, I have to be quiet. Mm. I have to hear God. I can't be distracted. It's like you. I've heard you tell the story with your meditation and prayer in the morning that sometimes your kids come in and knock on the door and walk in and then you sense them there and they've interrupted you and they realize it and you welcome them in, but, but they've interrupted. It's not, it's as a father, you've welcomed them into your presence and that's what God does. But it, it, it disquieted you for a minute. It, it, it pitched you off in your relationship with your father. So God knows these things. He pursues and seeks after these things. But here's the interesting thing. He wants to work in those areas so that we can have that peace and that wisdom and to be able to seek the right things and to search out what he wants us to do. 
But interestingly enough, the next verse is probably the most powerful one. See, see if there's anything offensive in me. And here's what that word in Hebrew offensive means. It means an idol or it means pain. Now, isn't it interesting that, that the word offensive here speaks of pain and it speaks of idols. Incredibly interesting. And then it goes on, the verse goes on to say, to lead me, to transport me out of this mess, to take me on the course of life that you've designed for me, leading me to eternity, placing me in position you want me to be on this earth. Yeah, I think idols is the interesting word there because I think we, as Christ followers, we, we think that idols are like golden calves and um, statues. Uh, but, I mean, you could easily substitute in today's modern day idols like social media, idols mm. like uh, a bank account, idols like food, um, things that you've put more faith and pleasure and trust into than you have God. Uh, the golden calf, sure. You know, like, well, I don't have a, I'm not making golden statues of another God and mm. getting down on my knees and bowing to it. But, but aren't you getting down on your knees and bowing to it every time you, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you, you do these other things that, um, that God isn't really on board with. Mm. You know? You've talked a lot about of ex, uh, external idols, but I want to turn it internal. Mm -hmm. We have idols inside of us that we worship. The idols, I believe, that we, we, we fabricate on the outside are distractive idols to disrupt and to, de to derail us. The internal idols are, are being without peace and living in pain. When I'm Jesus, Jesus talked about peace quite a bit. And he said, you're going to have a difficult time in this world, but I'm leaving you peace. And the, that word peace means peace, a presence, something that supersedes anything that we can understand or anything that this earth or earthly things can affect or have, have power over. So, when we look at internally, what, what is it that distracts us internally? Is it knowing who we are? Because not knowing who we are will drive us to do things that we never would have done otherwise. Is it being, do, do we understand our value and worth and who we are in Christ? Because if I, do, if I don't understand that, I'm going to do things that make me feel more valuable. I'm going to seek applause. I'm going to look to be recognized. I'm going to go do lots of things to make lots of money so people can know me and I can drive and do and be and buy. And or is, is this disquieted spirit in me always a turmoil that I nurture and allow to stay and live? Because, my friend, that is an idol. Anything that takes away our attention, that creates and, and here's what, in, in a general sense, what worship is, is, is what is it that has my full and complete attention that I'm responding to wholeheartedly right now? That's what worship is. So on Sunday morning, we see lots of people responding wholeheartedly focused on not the people on stage, but on Jesus. And there's a sense in the room that's, whoa. But if my attention is, is focused on that disquietedness in me, or if there's something that I'm thinking that I am that I have to pursue to be, to be worthy or to be something in this world, that's my idol. The things we do on the outside, sure, they're idols. They're the visual acuity piece of what is, is idolistic inside of us. So if I'm not at peace, if I don't have wisdom, I will seek and pursue things that will take me to a place 
that I don't want to be that will cost me and it will require a long-term recovery. And some people never come back. Hmm. Well, that's that's probably a whole other show right there. Hmm. I mean, if that's the summary of, of this, of this episode. Well, let me summarize it this way. Okay. That we can walk away with three different things. You asked a, a few minutes ago, what should men be seeking? What should we be seeking? Okay. Three things. They're so they're so very basic and simple. Number one, seek God's kingdom. How? How do we do that? I was waiting on the how. When we pursue, when we pursue. And kingdom is a reference to the reign, a king reigning over, a king that possesses this. And his reign not only extends to that place, but it extends with those people and wherever those people go. For example, if if you and I were in in New York and we met a dignitary from London and for whatever reason we get into a scuffle with that person that dignitary that representative that 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 minister of whatever from from England we scuffle and with that dignitary Our scuffle is not with that dignitary. Our scuffle is with the kingdom, with with the king of England, because that dignitary represents the kingdom. So when we're seeking the kingdom, it is about the reign of God in our lives. Because where where we are, and this is the interesting thing about kingdom, it's here, but it's not. It's us, but it isn't. It's people, but it is. It's not, it's... It's in short, basic definition, we are, the kingdom of God is in us because Jesus is in us, but wherever we go, the reign of God is in our life. So the kingdom of God, we seek the reign of God in our lives, where we are, in our families, and what we do, the reign of God. The second is the heart of God. If I'm pursuing to know God, not for his his rule and his reign and his kingship and his, but as I seek him, as I want to know his heart, I want to know him as my father. So he, he, he moves from position of, of king and creator to father, my heavenly father. As I pursue him and know him that way, then he speaks intimately to me as his son. He talks to me as though a father would talk to his son. He has relationship. He draws me close. He helps me understand that rules, a ruling king, a ruling father is not, not and we, we miss this in, in our world, but rule, a father's rule is not, not do this, don't do that. It's instruction. Follow this way, son, and this is what will take place in your life. If you live like this, if you live with character and integrity, then then this is what will happen for you, and this is how things will move forward in your life. If you do not, here are the consequences. I will be with you in those consequences and help you, but I can prevent those things. And then the third thing is God's way. It's the road that we take. So how do we get from A to B, the shortest distance between two points? As the crow flies? As the crow flies, a straight line. If, there, if, if the topography is not flat and undeterred and there, are, there is just a straight, flat plane, straight line. But straight lines are not, this is not always the shortest distance. Sometimes going around the mountain is shorter than over. Because you can't flatten the mountain down. Because you can't flatten the mountain down. Mm-hmm. 
So, so following God's way and his road and his map and his navigational direction, his GPS, that's what leads us where we need to be. And I will insert that rarely have I ever thought, rarely, rarely has what I thought ever come to pass when trying to know God's way. It's always been a little different. Yeah. Yeah, it, my life has developed uh, in such a way that I could never have predicted this mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Well, I had a guy tell me, Keith, to that point years ago, he said, if God were to tell you today where you will be in 30 years, you would run out that door and you would never return and you would go to a high mountain or a deep cave and hide from God. Yeah. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't, first of all, you wouldn't believe it and you would live adversely to try to get there. God leads us. God leads us to repentance with his kindness. So to wrap it up, what should we be seeking? God's kingdom, the reign of God in our lives, God's heart, the rule of God, his fatherhood in our lives, and God's way, the road that he wants us to travel to get where he wants us to go. Yeah, that's that's a, a very, it's such a deep life lesson there. Um, yeah, I, I hope as a listener that that motivated you to start something. Um, because truthfully, as a, as the, the host over here, it's, I can understand that that looks tremendous. That is a tremendous calling uh, on your life. Um, a, a prayer I've been praying for several weeks now and has worked is, uh, the prayer I've been asking God to speak because I'm, I'm finally listening. It's good. And as also as what, because as a man, I, I, I'm, I'm also, an, I'm a seeker. I'm not a, I, I don't sit in one area for very long. Um, but I, I am, I've always been on this perpetual search for peace and wisdom. And when I ask God to speak, uh, he's, he's, he talks. Mm. So as a listener, to take all of these steps that Pastor Barry was talking about, um, don't be surprised if God shows up. I'm going to do a promo real quick. Like we've got one more above all else. Uh-huh. But after after that, how to listen to God. How to listen to God. That seems like an easy series. So, <laughs> right, Thank you for listening to this uh, episode of the Father Seekers Podcast. Write and review and subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast so you get uh, updates when, uh, when we drop new episodes, which tend to be weekly, but sometimes because we're a ministry, it isn't weekly. Yeah. So uh, subscribe so you don't miss a single episode moving forward. Thank you for listening to this episode, and we can't wait to uh, I don't know, have you listen again next time. Yep. Right, Email. So-